What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast. It is now episode 35. And, yeah, there's a lot to catch up on. Um, I didn't watch the past two weeks of wrestling, mainly because I just wasn't motivated to. But I did watch Crown Jewel, Raw, Dynamite. Smackdown. Didn't watch Rampage. But I also watched Barbarian in Terrifier 2. I tried Ric Flair's Weed. I met Ricky Williams. Dropped a new merch design in the merch site. And started up some monthly subscriptions. So let's unpack Ric Flair's weed was very fucking good we'll get into the wrestling and the horror of it all at the end but let's start with Ric Flair's weed and meeting Ricky Williams and the podcast updates I had a pre so his brand is called Ric Flair drip and it is also the same company that produces Mike Tyson's weed and edibles. So I, I think Ric Flair also had edibles. I think I did research on Ric Flair's brand in a past episode because I saw that him and Kevin Nash both had weed brands. So that was cool. And the pre-roll, the pre-roll was very good. And... I feel like it was mislabeled because it was a pre-roll, but instead of papers, they used a blunt wrap. Which, I wasn't complaining because the combination of whatever blunt wrap they used and the rosin that was infused in in the pre-roll, it was 10 out of 10. But, like, it it was a straight-up pre-roll. It wasn't a blunt because... If you smoke, you know the difference between a blunt and a pre-roll. You're going to look at it and say, this is a pre-roll wrapped in a blunt wrap. That's my only complaint. That's the only thing I would say is a negative, but it wasn't bad. Um, But then, yeah, meeting Ricky Williams, he did a meet and greet at my job, and... He was super nice, super chill, like super down to earth. I told him that his weed was really good. His marketing was on point, like down to the packaging and the strain names because the strains are named after athletes. And like they're kind of like play on play on words of athletes and cannabis slang and it's fucking amazing honestly and I let him know like that was fucking genius that was smart and the local news used the footage of our conversation in the news story and I understand why some actors don't like to watch themselves on screen. I want, I absolutely get it. 
uh, no, it was very weird. See, like, I, no, that was weird. That, that was the only weird part. I didn't, watching yourself on screen is very weird. Um, but yeah, yeah. I dropped a new collection onto the merch site too. Rick, uh, Ricky Williams weed is really good too. Heisman, the brand, check check that out. Also check out the Ric Flair drip brand. Both really good. Ten out of ten. But I did drop the Euro Wrestler merch collection on the website. If you missed it, I also dropped a couple new things to the merch site outside of that. I dropped a phone case with the podcast logo, but the Your Wrestler collection, I dropped a phone case, long sleeve t-shirt, crew neck, and hoodie. There's two types of phone cases in the Your Wrestler collection. You can get a clear one, get a regular basic black one. I personally would recommend the t-shirt. Very soft, very comfortable, and the coffee mug. Wake and bake. 100%. But, um, I have also, this is the final update before we get into everything, but I have also replaced the monthly donations with monthly subscriptions because one of the ideas I had for the YouTube channel was to go back and watch old pay-per-views and do like reviews and live reactions but I am not that talented of a video editor to do the picture-in-picture thing and I also don't want to get copyrighted copyright strikes suck because I'm subscribed to dead meat on YouTube I see the struggles he goes through I do not want to deal with that so I plan on using the YouTube for different things like at some point I will film all the wrestling merch that I own and it's cold so kind of if it sounds like I'm shivering I am so at some point, the wrestling merch video will be up on the YouTube channel. And when I film and upload that, I will link the YouTube channel. Um, but monthly subscriptions means that, A, I don't have to sign up for Patreon because I can barely keep up with the Kofi or the coffee thing I set up for this podcast a while back. Um, but monthly subscriptions means there are certain epi- certain episodes you can only listen to if you have a monthly subscription. So I was thinking that I go back, rewatch all the NXT takeovers because that was an idea I had for the YouTube channel. But again, I'm not that talented of an editor. So... I will probably save the pay-per-view reviews for subscription episodes, starting with the TakeOver series. 
And we might not even have to wait long for that because I've got nothing else to do with my life. So, yeah. First subscription episode, well, right now, the first ten episodes of the podcast are subscription only, just so I can keep it active and open, but once I sit down and watch NXT TakeOver, I'm talking, like, live watch, live review, in-the-moment reactions, I'm watching all, what is it, 35 or 37? Of them, how many NXT takeovers are there? There are 36 takeover events. I plan on watching all 36. And those will all be subscription-based episodes. So... If you want to hear my opinions on the NXT TakeOver series and whatever other pay-per-views they have on Peacock, I'll also review those. But I want to start with NXT TakeOver mainly because I wasn't watching wrestling when NXT was being established as a brand, so I kind of want to go back and see what everybody was talking about and see what what I was missing out on. So, that's going to be the project the side project for the near future but um I still will be doing the weekly or not weekly but I might go back to bi-weekly recaps but um the recap episodes will still exist I will not stop doing the recap episodes and you don't If you want to listen to the recap episodes and not subscribe, that's perfectly okay. I'm not forcing or telling anybody to subscribe. If you want to hear my opinions on NXT TakeOver, I would suggest subscribing. But either way, ad revenue, subscriptions, definitely supporting. Buying stuff from the merch store, definitely supporting. Sharing, subscribing, liking, following. I said subscribing twice, but, you know, any support is appreciated. I'm grateful for any and all support that I get for the podcast, honestly. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. First, we're going to unpack Barbarian and Terrifier 2. And then, we're going to unpack the wrestling of it all. So... Not only did I watch Barbarian and Ter- Ow. I hit my elbow. Not only did I watch Barbarian and Terrifier 2, I also binged The Chucky Show. And it turned out to be better than I expected. And as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate the Child's Play franchise. Because when I was younger, I thought the concept of Chucky was stupid. Because if you could let a doll kill you, what the fuck? But, the fact that the Child's Play franchise has been so consistent since the very first movie, down to the same actors reprising their roles, the storylines always intertwining with each other, calling back to one another like it is legitimately... 
one of the, like, in terms of storytelling, I would put Child's Play up there. I still, like, think the concept of a killer doll is fucking stupid, but in terms of storytelling, Child's Play is up there on, um, horror movie, top-tier horror movie storytelling. Like, okay. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. The Saw franchise and Child's Play top-tier horror movie storytelling. Hands down. Hands down. You can't tell me otherwise. Hellraiser, even. The first two. I've only seen the first two. I don't play I don't play to watch after Hellraiser 2 because I heard it gets weird after a certain point. So I'm chilling on the first two Hellraisers. Those those first two, the story top tier. The gore even top tier. Also, I hear we're getting fucking Friday the 13th TV show. Uh, that is god that's that's something that is something i'm very glad that is that's happening because i that legal battle has there's not been anything friday the 13th and it makes me sad because i grew up watching friday the 13th it's one of my favorite franchises next to evil dead fact that we're getting a tv show that's like a drop of that's like a gallon of water after being in the desert for god knows how long you know man what a time like 2022 had to be one of the best years in horror for sure hands down hands down 100%. However, Barbarian. Fucking Barbarian. Was a fucking movie. Like. It's a movie that you go into blind. Like, don't watch your trailer. Don't read any plots. Like, I swear to God. I don't even want to talk too much about it because that's a movie. I don't want to say anything. Like, I would. That's a movie you just have to watch because I feel like if I tried to review Barbarian, if I tried to explain to someone whatever the fuck I watched. They wouldn't believe me. Like, you have to... It's one of those movies you have to see to understand what the fuck I would be talking about in the first place. Wow. Like, it's just... It was really good. Really unexpected. It truly was the best movie of 2022. Like, I, 
I, when I tell you, when, the day I found out Barbarian was hitting HBO Max, I put it on my calendar. I put it in my phone calendar. I, those are two separate statements. I have a calendar on the side of my fridge. I put it on that calendar. I have a calendar in my phone. I put it on that calendar. I marked that day out just to watch Barbarian, and I tell you, I almost when that movie ended, I almost turned it on again just to just to re-experience it. Because what the fuck? It was so good. Like I, I, my review of Barbarian is that I literally almost watched it back to back. Like I almost watched it a second time, right after watching it the first time. Like, it was legitimately the best movie of 2022, in my opinion. I don't care. I don't care. It was so good. Now, I'm not going to spoil Barbarian because it's a movie, like, you have to experience. Don't read any reviews. Don't read a plot. Don't watch the trailer. Just watch it. So, I'm not going to say anything else about Barbarian besides watch it. Terrifier 2. Ah, oh my god. Oh my god. Now, I stumbled upon the first Terrifier on accident one day. I was like, I was high as fuck. I wanted to watch a horror movie. I had seen Terrifier, the first one, just scrolling through Netflix a couple times here and there. And I was like, fuck it, I'll sit down and watch it. I'm going to see what this movie is about, see what they're talking about. And I thought it couldn't get worse. I thought it couldn't get any worse. Because Miles... uh, Okay. I don't even know if I want to... The shit Art that Clown does... The shit that Art the Clown does... I don't even know if I can, like... Verbalize it. I... There's a specific scene in the first Terrifier that involves... A girl hanging upside down and a saw. And I thought it couldn't get worse than that. Because the first one was bad. The first Terrifier was absolutely awful. This one was better by a long shot, but my god. I I understand like the stories that people were saying about passing out and throwing up. I get it. I absolutely understood because like I was reading the reviews of the movie And I'm like, it can't be that bad. It cannot be that bad. Like, it can't be as bad as everybody's saying because, like, I'm someone, I've sat through all three Human Centipede movies. I sat through House of Wax with Paris Hilton more times than I want to admit. So, I've seen some bad horror movies. (laughs) 
I was at the Hell in a Cell with The Fiend and Seth Rollins and that fucking red light. Like, I, I've... There's nothing that could be worse than any of those experiences. Or so I thought. Now, I will say that Terrifier 2 is way better than the first one. Like, there's actually a plot. There's actually some character development. Like, it's just, there's a strong lead girl, final girl. There's a, like, like, strong final girl energy. Like, I just, wow, yeah, no. It was very much better than the first one by a long shot, but, yeah, yeah. I will say, um... You do not leave that movie the same person because there was the person that I was before I saw Terrifier 2. And then there's the person that I was after I saw Terrifier 2. Like, there's just, like, there's literally not a worse experience in the world than watching Terrifier 2. And I'm, I'm saying that in full praise. Like, that's a full-on compliment on that movie. Because it was storytelling, character development, gore. It was all there. 100%. Like, there is no terrible experience in the world than watching that movie. Like, if you really hate someone with every fiber of your being... You would make make them watch that movie. That like if you really hate someone down to your fucking core, you would force them to watch that movie. I don't even wanna Okay. I do, but I don't. Like, I personally didn't pass out or throw up while watching the movie, but I I, I felt it. At one point I was like Cause I, I don't know if you should watch the movie on an empty stomach or if you should eat before you watch it or eat after. I don't feel like, I feel if you do not have an appetite whatsoever, like I I don't know what's, I honestly don't even know what's worse. Having an appetite or not having an appetite while watching that movie. Because I went in on an empty stomach and I was high as fuck. And I was fine. I came out fine. Like, I felt the feeling of wanting to throw up, but then I kept telling myself, it's prosthetics, it's not real. Which, it, like, honestly, some of the gore was, you can tell it was obviously prosthetics. Some of it was like, yeah, that's not, that's not realistic. That's not, yeah. Some of some of the kills legitimately did look like rubber for sure. But there is there was one scene and it for those who have seen the movie I'm pretty sure you know the scene that I'm talking about like it what he did to the main character's best friend is inhumane. I 
I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can find the scene online at this point since it's like on streaming, it's on Screenbox. That's how I watched it because I'm pretty sure if I watched it in theaters, I, yeah, I don't think I would have. I'm glad I didn't watch it in theaters, I will say that. But it is available on Screenbox, that's how I watched it, but I'm pretty sure now that it's on streaming, you can find the scene online and see for yourself what the fuck I'm talking about, but, like... I'm not gonna go into detail about what he did to the main character's best friend, like, it. I don't even want to... It was absolutely inhumane what he did to her, but the the one thing that kind of so fuck. First of all, I will warn you that if you are going to watch this movie, there's gore literally a minute in. Like a minute into the movie, I was literally screaming, "Oh my god." Like it I Kid you not, like, it was a minute into the movie, I was screaming, oh my god. Because it, I wasn't ready. They don't give you a time to, like, right off the bat, you know the type of movie you're getting into. A minute in. But, literally what he did to the main character's best friend, my god. The only thing I'm going to say about that scene is that when you think he's done, like when you think Art the Clown has proved his point in mutilating that girl, he comes back. He's not done. Like, I, I literally remember screaming, he's, he came back, he's not done. Like, I shit you not, like, that, that is something that goes on for legitimately four scenes, and I'm like, you gotta be joking me! Like, it, I was, oh my god! I'm, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a movie, but I will say, it was just... The, the things that I didn't like about the movie, though, were it was two hours. It was two and a half hours. Damn near. And I feel like any movie, regardless of genre, can be told in an hour and 30 minutes. Doesn't have to be two hours. Doesn't have to be three hours. Doesn't have to be two and a half hours. Two and a half hours of unrated gore. I'm not the same woman after that. I'm telling you right now. Like, between Terrifier 2 and my depression the past two weeks, I literally... There is nothing... There is no worse combination... And I don't know if the two are related, but 
literally there's nothing I, I really just want to say that after Terrifier 2 I'm pretty convinced that there's nothing worse that could ever happen and I'm not saying that in a cocky way but like the two hours and 30 minutes of gore that I sat through like there there can't be anything else worse that I see in my lifetime than Terrifier 2 like I'm pretty sure like I've seen two girls one cup I've seen one guy one jar I've seen Terrifier 2 I've seen all three human centipede movies. Like, what else can life throw at me at this point? Ten out of ten movie, though. I swear to God, like, it it was really good. I'm not like I'm not saying it was a bad movie. It was just we could have told that story in an hour and thirty minutes. And there were really a lot of dumbass decisions that contributed to the long ass runtime because it's there there were some dumbass decisions in that movie though for real. Yeah. Yeah. I would not re- recommend Terrifier 2 if you've never seen a horror movie before. Like, I don't, I don't, the Evil Dead remake is completely tame compared to Terrifier 2. Halloween Kills is pretty tame compared to Terrifier 2 as well, too. I know Halloween Kills was violent, but... I'm just saying what Art the Clown does to that girl's best friend is just unsettling and inhumane. Like, I wouldn't wish that upon any human being ever. Like, even if even if I'm on bad terms with somebody, I would not wish that on anybody. I would not put my, like, maybe that says a lot about me as a person. I would make my worst enemy watch this movie. But I would never put my worst enemy through what the fuck Art the Clown did to that girl. Because that was, like, that was a little too far. I would make him watch the movie and scar them for life a little bit. But I would never put them in that scenario. I'm at least that nice to where they, I would save you from Art the Clown. But you would have to sit and watch this movie. Alright, let's get into the wrestling of it all. So my final conclusion about Terrifier 2 is pretty much, if you're a fan of old school horror, grindhouse, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, the Hatchet movies, that's like right up your alley. Now, Crown Jewel had me pissed. Absolutely pissed. For one reason and one reason alone. You guys know how excited I was for Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar to go out at it. 
Even though it's happened before, I was excited to see it this time, because I didn't know Brock Lesnar was coming back. Nobody did. But, they built that matchup so high, for nothing. For nothing. Like, I know that they're trying to tell a story, and they don't need, like, super long matches or super crazy matches to tell a story. But I was actually disappointed. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Because they built up Bobby Lashley to be so strong and so unhinged. And how long was that match? Hold on. That match was not that long. For Bobby Lashley to be built up as strong and as unhinged as he did. As he was. The match was six minutes long. They better be redeeming themselves for that shit. I swear. Because the fuck was that? What the hell was that? Now. Damage Control and Alexa Bliss and Asuka was one of my favorite matches of the night. Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross was one of my favorite matches of the night. But I'm going to revisit my matches of the week at the end of the podcast. Um, even Judgment Day in the OC was one of my favorite matches of the night. I'm not even going to lie. And my question was answered. One of my questions was answered because, well, no. Yeah, I had like three, four questions. Four questions. Like, Crown Jewel left me with more questions than answers. And I feel like that's why I couldn't really enjoy it as much as I wanted to. Because they built up, like I said, they built up Bobby Lashley to be that strong and unhinged for a six-minute match that was so disappointing. They're not even going to give us Io Sky and Asuka one-on-one. We're refined. I mean, we're reserved to seeing Io Sky and Asuka fight in just tag teams and trios matches, trio tag team matches, just like we've been robbed of Chris Statlander and Jade Cargill for God knows how long, you know? So, I need to know when we're going to get Io and Asuka one-on-one so I can stop complaining. Everybody wants to see it. I know they're gonna fuck. They are gonna pop off, and I. I don't know if the match would be better on a pay per view or like on a Raw or a SmackDown, like a like a weekly show, is what I mean. I feel like it might be better for a Monday Night Raw, and I'm getting way ahead of myself. But if we're talking about time and placement of matches 
why didn't they save the New Day and the Usos for the main event on SmackDown? Like, it was a great opener, but that was, like, main event quality. That wasn't, like, start the show quality. Everything after that was so lackluster. I I feel like this week, in terms of WWE, I only cared about the New Day and the Usos. That was, like, the only thing that stood out to me this week. Everything else was lackluster. Hands down. But yeah, Asuka and Io Sky. Whenever we get that dream match, I'm there. They might put it on a Monday Night Raw. Knowing Triple H, I feel like he's going to put it on a Monday Night Raw or something. I also want to know when Karrion Cross is going to get a title shot. Because I, as much as I like seeing him feud with Drew, I feel like... He should go after, like, a mid-card title. He should go after the... Un- like, I know he's on SmackDown. But... Why isn't he in the World Cup Eliminator? I feel like... That's why I took a pause. Because I'm like, wait a minute. Why isn't Karrion Cross in the World Cup match? In the World Cup tournament, I mean. But Braun Strowman's in it. Karrion Cross is right there, and you put Braun Strowman in the World Cup tournament. Could you imagine Karrion Cross and Gunther for the Intercontinental Champion Intercontinental Championship? Has did they fight when they were in NXT? Let me see. Wait, what? It's never happened? You, you, wow! Triple H of all of the missed opportunities! Damn, I thought it happened, but I read too fast. It said, WWE 2K22 PC, I'm like, Performance Center? No. Wait, no, his name was Walter in NXT. I forgot. Yeah, no, it's never happened. It's, it's never happened. It's. Wait. No, it's never happened. I will say, these YouTubers are really great at making these video game matches look realistic. But yeah, no, how the fuck has Karrion Cross versus Gunther not happened yet? The. Missed opportunity! Like, put Karrion Cross in the World Cup instead of Braun Strowman, have him win the whole thing, give us Gunther versus Karrion Cross for the Intercontinental Championship. Missed opportunity! Jesus Christ. Um, one of my questions was answered on Monday Night Raw because after Crown Jewel, I was like legitimately asking who's gonna be the equalizer for the OC when it comes to Rhea Ripley, but my. Question was answered. We got Mia Yim. And I will say, as someone who does not give a shit about what goes on in wrestlers' personal lives, I'm kind of glad that 
there are some wrestling com- couples that don't feel the need to be in the same company, if you will. Like, granted, I guess, like, it's easier for traveling to work in the same promotion, but those couples that feel the need to not work in the same promotion, respect. Respect. Um... I feel like all of the questions that I asked after Crown Jewel are probably going to be answered leading up to Survivor Series War Games, which I'm so excited for because out of all of the pay-per-views, Survivor Series has to be my favorite. I've always loved the brand supremacy theme, but I don't know if they're doing that this year. I think it's just War Games, but like the whole SmackDown versus Raw the superior brand on Survivor Series. That's always been my favorite thing. But now that it's War Games, I'm even more excited. I'm so excited for War Games. It's not the same because William Regal isn't going to scream War Games. Because as much as I love Michael Cole's enthusiasm, he's no William Regal. And... I will say, as much as I don't give a shit about Logan Paul, he's really, like, he's a really good wrestler. Like, I'm not, I'm not disappointed with his in-ring work. I've never been disappointed with Logan Paul when he gets in the ring. Because his match with The Miz at SummerSlam was really good. His match against Roman Reigns is really good. It's just the fact that I can't unassociate him with, like, the influencer shit, so it's just kind of like, I don't really care that Logan Paul is fighting Roman Reigns. Like, on paper, I can see how that's a good idea. But as someone who doesn't really give a shit about influencer culture, I don't really care to see Roman Reigns and Logan Paul fight, you know? But it was it was good. I'm not going to say that it was a bad match. I'm not going to knock his wrestling skills because he's... Like, both Paul brothers are talented. Their reputations just don't make me care for them. Because that's just me. I don't really care about celebrity culture as a whole because I think celebrity culture is a social experiment. And I can go into a whole nother tangent on that. But it's just one of the things where you don't really care to see a celebrity fight a wrestler but it is also world wrestling entertainment and it is also what the saudi prince wanted so my my opinion on that doesn't matter obviously but honest but again honestly i only really cared about the usos and the new day this week in terms of raw and smackdown Because, like, my only thing is, my only thing about Raw is I feel like Alexa Bliss is gonna end up realigning with Bray Wyatt because they keep showing the, the red circle wherever they're both at, you know? 
So I don't know if they're trying to like have Alexa forget about her past or she's going to revisit her past. They're going to redo it. But something I'm a fan of is Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight down the line. That's going to be something interesting because at first I thought Bray was going to recruit him into the Wyatt Six or whatever he's planning, but you know, I'm intrigued that they aren't giving Bray Wyatt to someone like Seth Rollins right away. I like Kevin Owens right away. Although, with this new gimmick, I would love to see Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens go at it at some point. It's an idea. I can get behind. And I know that failing to cash in your money in the bank contract sucks. But if you had a better failed cash-in than Baron Corbin of all people, I have to give you props. So shout out to Austin Theory for giving it his all, even though he failed. Shout out to Austin Theory for giving it his all on Monday. He came up short, but, you know, he did it. And then the question that I had asked myself on Monday was answered on Friday. Who was going to be the longest reigning tag team? I will say SmackDown was so much better than Raw this week. SmackDown was way better. Like, the Usos and the New Day have been one of, like, my favorite feuds in the modern era. Because they put on banger after banger after banger. When they were going back and forth for the tag titles back in like 2017, that Hell in a Cell match? Like, they put on classic after classic after classic. That, like, what they did on Friday legitimately should have been the main- that should have ended the show. I can get why they ended the show the way that they did. Now nah, I get why I it may okay it makes sense why they started the show with that but like absolutely makes sense why they started the show with that but imagine if all of that had culminated right after the match like the brawling brute Drew McIntyre like I'm I'm with it. And if we can't get Karrion Cross for the Intercontinental title, I hope he is involved in the War Games match in some way, shape, or form. It is it also... It's not... I'm actually... I'm phrasing this in so many weird ways, but... I was really excited to see Shotzi get the title shot against Ronda Rousey. She's one of my favorites right now. And this was honestly one of my favorite episodes of SmackDown as of recently. It was a good episode. Like, it was better than Monday Night Raw this week, I'm not gonna lie. And I kind of wondered if... Sheamus was going to be the one to be the undisputed WWE champion. But I feel like it makes more sense for it to be Drew McIntyre. 
Because I saw something that said Triple H has an idea of who it would be, but logically, I feel like Drew McIntyre might be the one. It's going to be Drew McIntyre, probably. Also, the way that they ended SmackDown was low-key kind of therapeutic. Because everybody was just throwing hands. And it was crazy. It was like, it was a sight to behold. Just five of wands energy, if I do say so myself. Just straight chaos. Just straight, straight chaos. Now, in terms of AEW, I have really good vibes about Full Gear. I'm actually hella excited about Full Gear. Like, I literally can't wait to watch Full Gear. I'm like... I said I was gonna watch All Out in theaters, but I had to go go to a wedding during All Out weekend. But I'm pretty sure... Full gear, I'm gonna go watch it in theaters this time. Because I wanna see it on the big screen again. Like, I literally, me watching AEW on the big screen is what started this podcast initially. So I feel like since I didn't get to do it for All Out, it only makes sense to do it for full gear. So, it's also half the price of ordering it on shitty-ass Bleacher Report. So, yeah, no, that's more than enough motivation to go see it in theaters. Um, uh, however, my picks for full, full Gear how, this time around. MJF, The Acclaimed, Jamie Hayter, Jay Cargill, Soraya, and Brian Danielson. Those those are my picks. I feel like John Moxley is gonna drop his title to MJF because we wouldn't have gotten all of this build up for MJF to fall short. You know, like he wouldn't be hyping himself up if he didn't know he was gonna win. Like, I'm pretty sure MJF is actually going to do it this time. The Acclaimed, I'm only picking because I'm biased. I feel like they might retain. But, I also feel... Like, it's another... It's a match that could also go either way, because... Swerp... Swerve and Our Glory could also win the match, and I wouldn't be upset either. So, I'm biased in going with the Acclaimed, but it could also be Swerve and Our Glory tonight, too. Uh. But I feel like the Acclaimed might retain, because if you hear the crowd reaction every time they come out, there would be hell to pay if they lost the titles. And I feel like Jamie Hayter is going to walk away with the interim women's title because everybody wants Jamie Hayter to be women's champion. Everybody wants Jamie Hayter to be holding some gold. So I would be pissed if 
like she didn't go if she didn't leave full gear with the interim women's championship I would be so upset so upset and then I just feel like Jade is gonna win for storyline purposes she's just gonna get her belt back and her streak too like she's undefeated why would they break her streak so that's an obvious one Still confused as to why Jeff Jarrett showed up. I don't even really feel like going back and looking. I don't feel like looking for context. But, um, yeah, good for him. Um, why wouldn't Soraya win her first match back in however long? She's come out of retirement. She got cleared from a neck injury that put her into retirement. Of course she's going to win. And the four-way is something that can go either way, so I'm just happy as long as Sammy Guevara does not have his rat hands on the Ring of Honor world title. That's all I care about. This episode of Dynamite, though, this past week brought the drama. What the hell? What the hell? It brought the drama. It brought the suspense. I was... Yeah, I will say, there, I feel like this episode of Dynamite proved that AEW is kind of bouncing back, because whatever happened during the press conference definitely ruined AEW's reputation, and it took a while to kind of rebuild and do that damage control. Because it was just, I, I, I feel like that's kind of why I took a break. Because thing, I just, it was, it was kind of like an off week, off couple weeks for WWE and AEW. Like there was nothing to really speak on. And then like just, I, I don't know, it's just everything since the press conference was, um, yeah just wasn't it it was not the wave it was not the vibe and it was just so lackluster and it wasn't really giving anything like there was just nothing nothing of it was kind of getting like stale for a couple weeks there but now that i guess full year and survivor series are coming around things are picking up because this episode kind of re-solidified my faith in AEW. Even though I missed the past few weeks. I didn't miss Rick Ross's promo, though. I watched that for a fact. But I wonder if... MJF and Jade Cargill are now, like, turning face. Because there's a, like, there's a lot of circumstances happening for them storyline-wise to where people are gonna start rooting for them as good guys and I feel like full gear might do that 180 shift because like every like do you hear the crowd reaction when MJF walks out like like think about it think about it like listen to my full gear predictions and then think about the crowd reactions that happen when they walk out MJF the acclaimed Jamie Hayter Jade Cargill Soraya I guess Brian Danielson too, but just the crowd reactions, you just already know. You just already know. 
I'm so excited to see Hobbs and Wardlow down the line. But to have Samoa Joe turn on Wardlow was something I was not expecting. I don't think I was ready for that one. Because they were doing so well as a tag team. I was ready for that. That was something that I was vibing with. Then you want to have him turn on Wardlow? Although I wouldn't mind seeing like a triple threat between the three. Because like, I want to see Hobbs versus Samoa Joe. I want to see Hobbs versus Wardlow. I want to see Wardlow versus Samoa Joe. The only solution is a triple threat match. I also didn't watch the main event of Dynamite because I just don't care about anything Sammy Guevara is involved in at this point. Like, I did at the beginning, but it's just hearing how he is backstage. Like, it's just, I feel like that stuff. Like, I know I try not to talk about personal lives a lot, but... If stuff like that is coming out about your backstage reputation, I can't imagine how you are as a person. And I know how to separate the character from like the rest like the the character on TV from the wrestler, so I mean like doesn't matter who you play on TV. If you're a dick in real life, you're a dick in real life. Hands down. And I'm the type of person where if you're a dick in real life, it's hard for me to get behind your TV persona. So I miss. I didn't watch the main event mainly because I just didn't care to watch Sammy Guevara and Brian Danielson. As much as I'm, like, and no, no, nothing bad against Brian Danielson, but it's just... I don't want to watch a Sammy Guevara wrestling match anymore. But Soraya's promo, I'm so excited for her. Very happy for her. She's a little rusty, but, like, it's understandable. Like, it's nerves. It's recently being cleared. It's emotions. Like, I'm I'm nothing but excited for her. And she, like, between Soraya and Selena Gomez, those are, like, the two people I'm like, you're not allowed to say anything bad about them. Because... You haven't been publicly humiliated like they have. So, there you go. And that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. Um, I, hold on. Hold on. The 19th is literally next weekend. Okay. So. This episode is all I have for you this week. I will probably... I'm debating. This is what I'm debating. Because I can wait two weeks for an episode and talk about Full Gear, and Survivor Series all in the same episode. Like, everything leading up to and the aftermath of each respective pay-per-view. And I'm not fucking calling it a premium live event. 
It's a fucking pay-per-view. I could wait a couple weeks and talk about everything at once, which is most likely what I'm probably going to do. But there's also the option to where I can drop an episode all about Full Gear, and I can drop an episode all about Survivor Series, War Games. But what I'm leaning towards is probably talking about War Games and Full Gear all at once, just so there's a huge chunk of stuff I can talk about, and hopefully I can find a way between episodes to watch Pearl and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So, hopefully we'll have reviews of those by the next episode, but if not, it's okay too. So, if I wait a couple weeks to record an episode, probably hear from me again December 3rd, December 4th, but depending on how I feel, we may get a episode all about Full Gear, and we may get an episode all about Survivor Series. But, considering that Survivor Series is happening Thanksgiving weekend, I might wait for the 3rd of December to put out another episode, because I do have Thanksgiving plans. So, there may or may not be an episode next week. If there isn't an episode next week, expect an episode on December 3rd because I want to get the holidays out of the way on top of enjoying the pay-per-views. And, yeah. I hope you guys have a good... Well, uh, depending on what time and where you are listening to this, I hope you guys have a good weekend, wherever you are, because I'm on my weekend. I hope you're having a good day, wherever you are. Thank you guys for the support. If, again, if you want to support further, listening helps with ad revenue. Buying stuff from the merch store also helps. I get a little bit of the profits. Subscribing so you can hear the NXT TakeOver series that will be dropping soon enough here. And... Yeah, any any form of support, I'm grateful for. There's so many ways to support. Listen, follow, share, like, subscribe, the whole nine yards. Do what you want to do. Um, I'm not telling you... I'm not forcing you to support. Just giving you suggestions on how to support. See you guys when I see you.